Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. And I'd like to start out this program by telling you a direct lie to your face. What is happening with the detention of these children, the circumstances by which they arrived, is a human rights abuse being committed by the United States government. And so we are here to stand up and say that we are not going to allow this to happen, not on our watch. I will tell you, when elected, the first thing I'm going to do, one of the first things, is to shut down these private detention facilities. Just shut them down. Just shut them down, Camel Toe Harris said, just a little over two years ago when she was running for president. And she was elected as vice president. And she is not shutting down those private detention centers as she lied to you and said she would. Shut down these private detention facilities. Just shut them down. And like all Democrats, she will look right into the camera, speak right into the microphone, and lie directly. People buy it, and then nothing ever happens. The lie is never called out when they fail to act. And, really ironically, when they act directly 180 degrees opposite of the promise they made. Jen Pisaki is the White House press secretary, and she said, We have a number of unaccompanied minors coming in. What we are not doing is separating them from their parents. My question is, do you know what unaccompanied means? Separated from their parents. Then there's the piece where the Southwest Airline pilot got caught on the microphone calling San Francisco residents liberal f**ks. He told the truth. His right to free speech evidently does not count because after all, he works for a company. And since that company flies both conservatives and liberals, I guess someone got pissed. Take a listen to this. Goddamn liberal Probably like eight guns out here somewhere. That's it. Weirdos. Probably driving around them on days. Lowered and go for clothes. And last calling on tower, that's uh one two four one zero hot mic. If you don't have balls in this, you're rolling cold, man. It was picked up and posted online. It occurred March twelfth on a Southwest Airlines flight while the plane was taxiing at San Jose Airport. Pilot's comments were made in between transmissions with air traffic control when apparently he left his microphone open. The larger context of his comments, if there is any, is unknown, and Southwest has so far refused to release his name. Spokesperson for the airline said they're addressing it internally. Southwest said in a statement to The Hill that this isolated incident does not represent their nearly 60,000 employees. Probably half of them, though. The Federal Aviation Administration released the following statement. FAA regulations prohibit airline pilots from talking about subjects that are unrelated to safely conducting their flight while taxiing and while flying below 10,000 feet altitude. Probably driving around them on days. Lower. And last 
calling on tower. That's uh, one two four one zero. Hot mic. If you don't have balls unless you're fucking rolling cold. This pilot's actual words, which I saw translated on a video, says, Yeah, F this place. Goddamn liberal Fs. Probably like eight guns out here somewhere, as it is. Fing weirdos. Probably driving around in their effing Hyundais. Effing, effing little slow as shit. Go as slow as F. And that's when the air traffic control person broke in and told him, Hey, buddy, you're on a hot mic here. And then the pilot finished his little rant by saying, You don't have balls unless you're effing rolling coal, man. That's a high-class pilot right there. And although I agree with his right to free speech, there are limitations to what you can and cannot say when you're speaking on the microphone over the Federal Aviation Administration's FCC-controlled radio frequencies. And I'm sure his co-pilot was real happy to hear that, right? It's a good thing the hot mic wasn't the one that he says, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is your captain speaking. We're flying over San Jose, California right now, heading to San Francisco, the queer capital of the world, where all these rainbow flag-toting LGBTQRS pukes drive around their little stupid Priuses and try and tell you and me, you know, real men, real American citizens, how things are supposed to be. Bunch of fruits, bunch of Prius-driving motherfuckers. Well, we're going to be cruising on out here in just a couple of minutes, and we want you to sit back and can relax and enjoy the can flight to this can liberal hellhole, this can liberal shithole called California. Nancy Pelosi, stupid ass bitch. Yeah, aren't you glad he didn't say that over the cabin microphone? I'm sure seven or eight rainbow flag-wearing people might have stomped their feet and said, I can't believe he said this. What do you think, Karen? My name's not Karen, it's Clyde. It doesn't matter. You act like a Karen. Yes, I do. Sweetness. Yep, he'll probably be in some deep hot water with Southwest, that pilot. And pretty soon, he might have a lucrative career in broadcasting over that little four-inch speaker behind the local fast food restaurant saying, Would you like fries with that? This is the Truth Hurts Program. Son, Daddy's going to go into town for a while to do some grocery shopping. So I'm going to lock you inside for now, for your safety, okay? Daddy, I'm nine years old now. I know the routine, and I know where all the guns are here in the house. Great, son. See you in an hour. I hope. Now that the police have been neutered and defunded, you never know, right? Okay, Daddy. Don't forget to lock the burglar bars and double lock the front and back doors. All right, son. And Daddy, don't forget to turn on the security cameras. All right, son. And Daddy, don't forget to charge the electric gate when you leave the yard. Okay, my boy. And Daddy, don't forget to turn on your GPS tracker so I can see exactly where you are. Right, son. And Daddy, don't forget your bulletproof vest. (laughs) I've got it on already, sonny boy. Oh, Daddy, you're fun. Don't forget your handgun. Oh, son, don't you mean (laughs) handguns? Oh, Daddy, you're really funny. True, son, but I am protected. I'm packing. One in the belly band, one on the ankle, and one in the shoulder holster. Did you remember your taser, Daddy? Got it, right here, and the pepper spray. Daddy? Yes, son? I'm sure glad you installed that deer and brush guard in the front of your truck in case a bunch of bad people try and attack your truck and you can just run them over. Me too, son. Me too. Now let's both kneel and pray that Daddy makes it back home alive. Amen. Amen. 
The family that prays together, slays together. Welcome to Democrat-controlled America. The tiny town of Gila Bend, Arizona, it's spelled G-I-L-A, is a town of about 1,850 residents as of 2019. Legal residents, that is. Arizona Representative Andy Biggs urged the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, as well as the Border Patrol, that they need to notify local officials before releasing hundreds of illegal invading immigrants into tiny border towns like Gila Bend, towns that lack resources to be able to help those people. The problem is, Mayorkas and the Biden administration will totally ignore the representative, for Mr. Biggs is a Republican. Biggs says he remains concerned about the decision to release so many lawbreakers into the unsuspecting town of Gila Bend and other small towns like it, and he slammed the Homeland Security Department as well as the Border Patrol for failing to provide members of Congress with answers to basic questions about these unplanned desert town drop-offs. He said, I request that DHS refrain from releasing aliens into communities without first coordinating with local elected officials and stop releasing aliens without notices to appear in court. He wrote this letter to Mayorkas, as well as Troy Miller, the acting commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, and he copied John Modlin, the head of the Border Patrol's Tucson sector. The United States of America is facing the largest surge of illegal invading immigrants at its southwestern border in over 20 years. Yes, under Gropey Joe and Camel Toe, with Camel Toe taking the lead on the invasion, the U.S. is now seeing more migrants per day on average than the United States has seen in 20 freaking years. That is more migrants than Cigar Bill Clinton let in during his term, more migrants than George W. Bush let in in his term, more than Barack Hussein Obama and even the evil Donald Trump. Yes, this increase has put a tremendous burden on the small border towns which are not equipped to deal with massive rushes of people. The administration cannot acknowledge the border crisis that they created, Biggs told the Washington Examiner, but they expect surrounding border communities to take care of the overflow of illegal aliens that are coming in in the name of President Biden. Biden's DHS should not be shifting the consequences of their horrible policy choices to our local communities who don't have the resources to care for illegal aliens, and I am working to stop it. He said he was concerned about the future releases that are planned and that DHS has yet to explain its legal authority for releasing so many people without notices for them to appear in court. He sent a separate letter to Mayorkas last week urging him to refer the situation to the border as a crisis after DHS chief asked his staff for volunteers to assist in dealing with the massive surge. Biggs wrote, Given your recent plea for volunteers from throughout the Department of Homeland Security to support Customs and Border Protection's work at the border, I request that you publicly declare the situation at the southern border is a crisis. This rapidly deteriorating situation is one that Gropey Joe Biden sees as a challenge rather than a crisis. But local residents and officials in the towns dotted along the border are becoming increasingly frustrated by the lack of progress. 
Officials in Gila Bend were told that the drop-offs would increase as many as two releases per week indefinitely, meaning they don't see an end to it. That kind of foot traffic is likely to inundate a community of less than 2,000 residents that lacks resources to help them. Expect people to break in. Expect them to go in and eat at restaurants and not pay their bills. Expect them to crap in the streets. They should actually be sending these people to San Francisco in Nancy Pelosi's district where she's accustomed to seeing people take a dump right on the sidewalk. Remember, in Gila Bend, there's no hospital. There's no shelter. There's no designated spot where released families can go. Hell, it's a desert. There's not even any freaking shade. And there's no money in the town's budget to build any type of shelter. And with the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 still sticking around, even under the magical leadership of Gropey Joe, the economy in this border town sucks. In fact, the entire town's operations are managed by just five people. And the mayor won't be in his office all week because he's at his regular day job. The last 16-person group that was dumped in Gila Bend included five families from Venezuela and one from Chile. There were small children with them, including one who thought she was in Delaware and about to be reunited with her mother, who is illegally living in Delaware. Probably caring for Gropey Joe in his basement, for all we know. Riggs said last week they have no idea why they were being dumped here. Literally, they'd be sleeping in the park. I don't want to do that to little children. Riggs declared a state of emergency last week in the hopes of drawing attention to the problem, as well as trying to get some money and resources that are necessary to handle the massive invasion. Where will they go? We don't have the resources to take care of them. Who is going to take care of them? They cannot take care of their own residents in this town, said Tim Micklin. He's an Arizona native and a hardline immigration critic. He said it's going to be tough, but what the Biden administration is doing is morally bankrupt, not to mention illegal. But it's not a crisis, right? Not even close. It's just a challenge. Steve Zee and the Truth Hurts Program. The mayor of Washington, D.C., the liberal hellhole... Her name is Mayor Muriel Bow Wow Bowser, and she deleted a tweet providing tips on how to prevent auto thefts after she received intense backlash for it, claiming that she is tone deaf in the wake of a deadly alleged carjacking of an Uber Eats delivery driver. Bowser's office said, Today's pre-scheduled social media post was part of an effort and should not detract from the tragic death of Mohammed Anwar, the driver for Uber Eats. She says, our thoughts and prayers remain with his family and families of those we have lost to violence. The tweet actually said, auto theft is a crime of opportunity. Follow these steps to reduce the risk of your vehicle becoming a target. Remember the motto, protect your auto. Her since deleted tweet read those wonderful words with the hashtag protect your auto. Mr. Anwar, supposedly a legal immigrant, green card holder, died last Tuesday after two teenage girls ages 13 and 15 used a taser on him in an attempt to steal his car. The car rolled over and Anwar died. 
His family said in a statement, he was a hardworking immigrant who came to the U.S. in 2014 to build a better life for himself and his family. The loss for his family is immeasurable. Now let me go back for a moment. A 13 and 15 year old double A minority hyphenated American duo, little kids, used a taser to steal a man's car. They're not even old enough to drive legally. Yes, if they're caught, if their parents do the right thing, or their grandmama, and turns these girls in, they'll get a slap on the wrist. They'll get told that what they did was a bad thing. And please don't do it no more. And then they, because they're juveniles, acting like adults, committing adult crimes, they will be released to the custody of their parents or their grandmama. And they will be out doing the same thing next week. Because there are no consequences for young minority children who commit adult crimes in any of the Democrat-run hellhole cities like Washington, D.C., or Minneapolis, or Detroit, or Chicago, or Atlanta. Oh, I could go on and on, but this is only a 30-minute program. The acting police chief of the Washington, D.C. Police Department said that these two teenage girls charged with armed carjacking and murder will not be charged as adults, saying that wouldn't bring back the lost loved one. Chief Robert Conti III said, The 15-year-old will not be charged as an adult. You know, obviously this is a tragic case. And you know, charging this person as an adult who's a juvenile does not bring back the lost loved one in this case. And certainly, again, the 15-year-old will not be eligible as a Title 16 case, you know, and it's not really pointing the fingers at anyone. He was asked if the 15-year-old should be charged as an adult. That was his answer. Mr. Mohammed Anwar died Tuesday after these two thug children attempted to steal his car with a taser. They will be charged with felony murder and armed carjacking, but in the juvenile court system. Chief Conti said, We have to ex ourselves as a community, is what we are seeing with responding how carjackers are being held accountable. Is that sufficient? Does that align with the desires of our community? And I would say that if it does not, that everyone, we need to take a look at what we're doing and how we can be more effective in ensuring that these things are fewer and far in between. There are several carjackings that we have had so far this year where we are seeing individuals that are involved in multiple, multiple cases. So clearly, I think that speaks to us really examining as a community the accountability that's in place. You know, how is it that someone is charged with carjacking or is responsible for carjacking, commits another carjacking and another carjacking? I think it's the larger issue than just this one particular case. He dares to talk about accountability for the thug criminal animals that are doing these heinous crimes, these violent, deadly carjackings. He talks about accountability, but he refuses to have these two thug children charged as adults for committing adult crimes? He doesn't want accountability. Unless, of course, those two churin 
were white kids. Then it would be an all-out assault, and you would see this on each and every news outlet. Every media so-called news station would be reporting two white juveniles are now not being charged as adults, which leaves the police department scratching its head as to why. Is it white privilege? That's exactly what they would be saying. You know it, and I know it. But because these two thug animal criminal children are Blafrican American, 13% double A hyphenated American minorities, we have to understand the situation in which these children was brought up in. They don't know no better. They need to be counseled and guidanced, and they have to have somebody speak to them so they will stop doing these type of acts. They were just cheering, and they didn't realize the consequences of their actions. They murdered a man while trying to steal his car. And neither one of these little thuggets is old enough to have a learner's permit, much less a driver's license. Hey, keep talking about the wonderful city of Washington, D.C., and how it deserves to be a state with two senators and a representative or two. Oh yeah, that'll really help the situation. They can then propose and pass laws to exempt their community from any responsibility for any of the massive numbers of crimes that they commit on a daily basis. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. With police departments being defunded, some agencies now being told to not stop vehicles for minor traffic violations in urban neighborhoods, there have never been a better time than now to learn the art of carjacking. BLM, the carjacking leader in training courses nationwide, have developed a comprehensive training course called Carjacking 101, the ultimate guide on getting your new ride without paying for it. In this valuable course, you will learn the top 10 tips on how to approach a vehicle without arousing suspicion, how to drag a driver out of car at gunpoint or knife point, even when they strapped in, how to identify a churner in the back seat, how to tell if your target vehicle have automatic transmission, how to properly pull away with the car owner still be dragging behind you, how to evade the police by driving like you didn't stole it, how to disable lojack and other security features, how to properly grind off a VIN tag, how to best get top dollar for your new jack ride, and the top 10 list of chop shops in your town. This and many, many more tips on how to supplement your welfare, your food stamp, and other government programs. The BLM Carjacking Training Coast is approved by various nationally recognized organizations like NFAC, BLM, NAACP, the Panthers, the Boys Under the Hood, the Bloodies, the Cripples, the James Gang, and the Democrat National Committee. Learn from 15-time felon carjacker and parolee Martin Jackson and 12-time escaped felon D. Marquez Washington on all the tips and tricks of the trade. Be on your way to a new ride that you can repay customize and sell the chop shops in your city and it won't cost you a dime this course is free at your local fifth african baptist church this weekend sunday 10 minutes after service is complete now here's a story that ought to chap your ass voter id requirements are considered racist right you can't require a double a 13 percent hyphenated american to have to produce an identification to vote democrat 10, 15 times at different precincts. But now the Biden administration wants IDs to prove that you have been vaccinated. They're commonly referred to as a vaccination passport. 
Some other countries, private interests, and non-governmental organizations already have such programs. Since the beginning of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus pandemic, it's been quite clear that some businesses will eventually require some sort of proof of vaccination as a ticket to do business there or to work there. Over the past few weeks, the Biden administration has been considering how to implement such a complicated and ethically fraught program. The Department of Health and Human Services has been leading the push, and they will require an immense level of coordination between government agencies, businesses requiring vaccine proof, and companies that create services for such proof. White House Coronavirus Coordinator Jeff Zients is in charge of this process. He intends to brief governors on a plan in the next few weeks. A primary goal for his process is to set the standards for the massive public-private collaboration in line with the CDC, who will play a role in determining which organizations will be able to credential and issue certificates, as well as inform the public and work with the WHO's worldwide vaccine certification program. Zintz said at a public briefing on March 12th, our role is to help ensure that any solutions in this area should be simple, free, open sourced, accessible to people both digitally and on paper, and designed from the start to protect people's privacy. According to internal communications, the administration is anxious to not fumble the passport rollout after stalled or failed efforts on the COVID vaccinations and testing kneecapped previous responses at critical early points. The passports will most likely be in the form of a smartphone app or a printed piece of paper. Now, they pose tremendous ethical concerns based on who has access to vaccinations, as well as who would be willing to show such a passport. Federal government and state programs have tried to expand access for all racial and economic groups throughout the U.S., and historical inequities have been reported with communities of color and poor Americans facing lower COVID vaccine rates, especially since the beginning of the effort. Rich countries in the West are supposedly hoarding vaccines and buying up the majority of contracts for future production. Many developing nations have not had the opportunity to open mass vaccination programs. The Biden administration is plotting the complex rollout of not only vaccinations, but the requirement that you and me, and you and them, and you and everyone else have a vaccination passport, sort of like a green card. But they still don't think you should have to show an ID to vote. Hypocrisy? Double standard? You betcha. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Where you going at, girl, now that you got your hair and your nails did? I'm going to the store. Okay, girl. You got your vaccine passport? Yeah, girl. You know I do. And while I'm out, I got to stop by the clinic to get my coochie checked out and then renew my driving license and then go by and renew my unemployment for the week. You got your ID for that? Yeah, girl. And while I'm out, I'm going to go down and early vote for the upcoming election. You got your ID for that? <laughs> Girl, you know you be playing. We don't need no ID to vote. That's racist.
And finally this afternoon, the same group of people, the Democrats, who praised whistleblowers who dared to say anything ill about Donald Trump's administration, are now calling whistleblowers traitors. The Biden administration has allegedly opened a clandestine operation to process illegal immigrants on the Texas-Mexico border, a setup that is now leading waves of immigrations to be released right into the United States. Senate Republicans visited the border late last week, and a border agent has said the operation is off limits to news cameras, though some of the 18 senators on the trip did take some videos of their own, including one that was posted on Saturday by Indiana Senator Mike Braun. What's new today is the agent describing it as an underground operation, likely due to the overwhelming surge of Central American migrants triggered by Biden's new roll-out-the-welcome-mat-open-door policy and the end to Trump-era rules of requiring illegals to stay in Mexico while they win approval for asylum applications. In the new video, and as their van moved to the bridge providing cover to families and children, the border officials told some of the senators, this right here is a clandestine operation, an underground operation that the federal government is conducting here. Journalists are not allowed here. The bridge goes all the way to Mexico, but maybe about a mile at the most. The process is so jacked up that people just cross the border illegally. As long as they make it through these gauntlets, they make it here, they're going to get released right into the population. The border agent also told senators that the Mexican cartel traffickers know the system and deliver illegals for thousands of dollars each. The range is 4000 to 20000 per person. And it's a chance for many to live illegally in the United States, and it's worth it. For them, it's worth paying their entire life savings to a smuggler because it's a guaranteed ticket to the United States by border cartel traffickers who know how to game the system. We've got to change our policies. And until we do, my friends, it's only going to continue to get worse. That's going to do it for this afternoon's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Thank you to many of my listeners who send me texts and emails and other information which help to provide me with the guidance needed to give you the information you want to know about and my perspective on it. It is the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved.